because the parents did not understand some differences between girls and boys. In each case, trouble might have been averted if the parents had known enough about boy-girl differences to recognize what was really happening in their child's life. In each case, the parents could have taken specific action that might have prevented or solved the problem. We will come back to each of these kids later in this book. Right now, it may not be obvious to you how each of these stories illustrates a failure to understand sex differences. That's okay. Later on, we'll hear more about Justin and Sonia, Matthew and Caitlin. Armed with some knowledge about boy-girl differences, you will be able to recognize where the parents made the wrong decision or failed to act, and you will see how the stories might have ended differently. THE DUBIOUS VIRTUE OF GENDER-NEUTRAL CHILD-REARING I enrolled in the Ph.D. program in psychology at the University of Pennsylvania way back in September 1980. Governor Ronald Reagan was challenging President Jimmy Carter for the presidency. The original Apple computer had recently come on the market. "'My typewriter is working fine,' was the answer the department secretary gave me when I asked her whether she would be getting a computer any time soon." Nobody I knew had ever heard of email or the Internet. The invention of the World Wide Web still lay ten years in the future. Among the courses I took that fall was a graduate seminar in developmental psychology. Why do girls and boys behave differently? My professor, Justin Ehrenfried, asked rhetorically. Because we expect them to. We teach them to. Imagine a world in which we raised girls to play with tanks and trucks, in which we encouraged boys to play with dolls. Imagine a world in which we played rough-and-tumble games with girls, while we cuddled and hugged the boys. In such a world, many of the differences we see in how girls and boys behave, maybe even all the differences, would vanish. In another seminar, my fellow graduate students and I learned about the extraordinary work of Professor John Money at Johns Hopkins. Professor Money had been consulted by the parents of an unfortunate little boy whose penis had literally been sizzled off during a botched circumcision. At Dr. Money's recommendation, the boy had been raised as a girl with excellent results, according to Dr. Money. The child loved to play dress-up, enjoyed helping mom in the kitchen, and disdained boy toys such as guns or trucks. Dr. Money's work provides further evidence that most of the differences we observe between girls and boys are socially constructed, Professor Henry Gleitman told us. We reward children who follow the sex roles we create for them while we penalize or at least fail to reward children who don't conform. Parents create and reinforce differences between girls and boys. We nodded sagely. In clinical rotations, we often encountered parents who still clung to the quaint notion that girls and boys were different from birth. But we knew better. Or so we thought. I graduated with my Ph.D. in psychology as well as my M.D. in 1986. When I left Philadelphia to begin my residency in family practice, I got rid of most of the papers I had accumulated during my six years at the University of Pennsylvania but there was one folder I didn't throw out, a folder of papers about sex differences in hearing, showing that girls and boys hear differently. Four years later, after I finished my residency in family medicine, my wife and I established a family practice in Montgomery County, Maryland, 
just outside of Washington, D.C. Several years passed. I wasn't thinking much about gender differences. Then, in the mid-1990s, I began to notice a parade of second- and third-grade boys marching into my office, their parents clutching a note from the school. The notes read, We're concerned that Justin, or Carlos, or Tyrone, may have attention deficit disorder. Please evaluate. In some of these cases, I found that what these boys needed wasn't drugs for ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, but rather a teacher who understood the differences in how girls and boys learn. Upon further inquiry, I found that nobody at the school was aware of girl-boy differences in the ability to hear. I reread the papers in that manila folder, documenting hard-wired differences in the ability to hear, showing that the average boy has hearing that is less sensitive than the average.